Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. We finally have the full crew assembled. Nick back from his various excursions around the country. He says for work. Scotty believes for other reasons. Scotty's back as well. He was back with me last week, and I've been here every week. So uh, we are here. Shade early. Coach consistency. (laughs) (laughs) Have to throw the shade when you are on a roll, and I've gone 3-0 the past two weeks. I will happily share that information. We had a big week last week. Uh, I believe we are seven two and one on the weekend. Scotty, do you have how many units we were up last weekend with that seven two and one? Uh, we can grab it real quick. It's up here. Yeah, Let's hold see. On. Hold on. Uh, looks like we were yeah, so, well, Scotty looks uh, up five point seven units. Five point seven units. Big week. Overall season record forty one thirty seven and two up six point two nine units, and our pod lock six and two up three point one four units. So big couple rebound weeks for us. We are back in the green. No more red after a couple of rough weeks. Of course, with our luck, it turns to the international break. So we'll have to try to stay hot through that long period away from club football. But we still have plenty of club football to talk about because we are going to revisit the futures in Serie A and the Premier League. We're about a quarter of the way through each of those seasons. Eight matches played out of 38. So just under a quarter way through the season. First, guys, how you how you doing tonight? And then we'll jump into the Premier League. Yeah, you mentioned it, dude. Uh, the the best way to stop momentum is for FIFA to screw us with this ridiculous schedule. But happened so, last time too. Works sure for did. me. Uh, Couldn't have asked for a better <laughs> break in momentum. If you if you have to ask no, me personally, it, it's all good. It's uh, it's a team effort. You guys know we we've been doing this long enough. Where squad picks, you know, the cold capper up just the way it works, right? It's, it's Coach has been absolutely on fire, so we'd love to see that. Scotty and I have been trading okay weeks with bad weeks, it seems like, but I think we're all feeling pretty good. We're starting to get a sense of who these teams really are. Um, I, I think that's more true in the Premier League than it is in Serie A. We've talked about it now for two years, so you can't predict the team from week to week, but it's not going to stop us from trying, so we'll we'll do our best, and I think we're going to have a fun one today. Yeah, so if we jump into the Premier League, Let's just look quickly at the table just to get the lay of the land. Surprisingly, Spurs, top of the table, 20 points, even with Arsenal also on 20 points. Uh, Identical goal differential, but Spurs is technically top because they have more goals scored. Uh, City, two points behind in third on 18. Liverpool on 17. And then it's Aston Villa in fifth on 16. A good start to the season for them. Brighton also on 16. Uh, I'll go down a couple more spots. West Ham on 14 and Newcastle on 13. Uh, those are the teams kind of in the mix for Europe at the moment. Um, a little more, you know, surprising in some ways, United and Chelsea, right? Mid-table, 12 and 11 points respectively. Um, what stands out to you there? We'll get into the relegation battle after, but just in terms of high-performing teams or teams expected to perform well, what do you notice there? Yeah, Scotty, let me jump in first here. I would say that United and Chelsea are surprising to maybe the fan bases of United and Chelsea. I don't think they're all that surprising to the hosts or listeners of this podcast. I think we definitely said at the beginning of the year that, you know, those teams should be better or should be equal to what they were last year, I guess, in United's case, but you have to see it to believe it. You have to see it to bet on it, uh, you know, for it to be worthy of your money. And that is super true with those two teams. Chelsea is still a disaster United, um, you know, Four wins, four losses. Uh, it's kind of the same United that we've been used to over the past two years. I don't, I don't really see too much difference. Um, but I, the, the most devastating thing that I'm seeing on this table is we're through eight games. 
Manchester City has two losses. I don't know how long it took them to get two losses last year. I mean, I'm sure we could look that up if we tried, but let's guess that it was around Christmas time that they got their second loss. Just educate a guess. Two losses already for City. They're only two points back from the league leaders. That has to be absolutely devastating if you're Arsenal, if you're Tottenham, if you're Liverpool. Just kind of a hot take on the league. Maybe. I don't think it is because the reason why City's losing are valid reasons. It's their, their midfield is completely like changed. Like it's in it for, for a worse way, right? Like, you know, Gundogan is now at Barcelona and I think we're starting to realize he's probably like the unsung hero of the trio from last year. Kevin De Bruyne is hurt. He's not coming back until probably the holiday break. So it's not like, you know, he's coming through the door after international break. His absence will be continue to be felt. Rodri has missed the last two games because if he's had a red card suspension, he's got one more coming after the, uh, the international break. And I think, you know, what Liverpool showed last season is like midfield is a obviously a very, very important, you know, part of the the team to have, you know, strong players in. Um, even if you have a really strong attack and a really strong defense, like it doesn't matter if they're not linked. And that's what the midfield really does. So I, we've been, I've been saying it on the pod with coach, you know, the last few times, like this is the most vulnerable city has been in a few years. And uh, I, I certainly think that, you know, if there was a, a time for, another team to to come in and, and and get a premier league title during this era of pep dominance at city it's it, this is certainly a season where it's it's viable um you know who those leading candidates are maybe we can kind of segue to that um you know obviously city the, the league favorites at minus 135 i think is is where you'd find them in the yep. books but um mm-hmm. you know just behind them you know liverpool's at plus 500 arsenal's at plus 400 tottenham your league leaders currently are plus 1100. So, uh, and then I'll, I'll throw a Newcastle at plus 4,000 since that was kind of a, a dark horse pick uh, of many, um, you know, they're working their way back up, but, um, I do think city are vulnerable. I, I think it's, if you're going to try to take a future on, on the premier league, like this is the year to do it because, um, you know, city's still going to have a lot of the money going their way, which is going to drive down, you know, their price, but drive everybody else's up. But I don't necessarily think this is the year that they'll, they'll win it. You know, it's really hard to three peat. um, so I, I think this is, you know, good good news for Arsenal, good news for Liverpool. I don't know if I buy Tottenham as a, a, a title contender yet, but maybe good news for Spurs and, and Newcastle fans as well. And from a betting standpoint, I agree with you 100%. I think now is the time to take a shot on the field, right? Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, if you're so inclined. I mean, incredible numbers that we didn't see eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, six weeks ago. So I... I I'm absolutely 100% aligned with you uh, when it comes to betting. But I, I just think, like I said, they got to feel pretty decent about themselves only being two points back. I was I was thinking more from a city perspective. Yeah, but they also started out, you know, winning, winners of six straight. So it, it's it's kind of a tale of two two different parts of the season. Um, you know, obviously the win last weekend, or sorry, the loss last weekend versus Arsenal, I think that's probably more concerning. Um, you know, they lost to Wolves. You know, those kind of games happen. That's it's not ideal, but um kind of showing that these these top four rivals are, are are able to pick points off you now. That's gonna be the real challenge for City fans. That's fair. Yeah, I think so, right? When when you talk about last season, how did they lock up that title is beating Arsenal twice in the second half of the season because the first one was was postponed for FA Cup or something. 
And when that happens and you take six points off your direct rival for the title, that there it is, it's done and dusted pretty much. Because Arsenal was great other than the run-ins with City for the most part. The number that jumps out at me is, and I don't know if they can hang around, I'd love to get your guys' opinion, Spurs at plus 1,200 is a lot of value on a team playing really well. I mean, I was the first one to say without Harry Kane, I didn't think they even had a shot at top four, um, maybe not even top six. And here they are first through eight matches. Obviously, it's only just about a quarter of the way through the season, a lot of matches to play. But the fact that they've done this well so quickly under the new manager without their talisman, I, I think says a lot about the way the team's been constructed and the way they're they're playing very well so far. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, they're, they're the surprise of the season so far. Uh, I'll absolutely buy that. I'll agree with that. I think it's an attractive betting number, but I think to Scotty's point, it might be a little bit of fool's gold. You know, we eight games, the best start they could possibly hope for. Are they going to keep it up? I don't know. But are they maybe that team that kind of goes under the radar because everybody else is kind of has the weight of expectations on them, starts beating up on each other, has those European commitments week in and week out, and they don't? Are they the Juve of uh, the Premier League this year? Took Maybe. the words out of my mouth. Maybe. Uh, I'd like to get – I don't think the number is going to dramatically drop over the next five or six games. I'd like to see you know another month's worth of games from Tottenham before I really make my opinion strong. Yeah, I'm – fully out on Tottenham as a title contender here for a number of reasons. Um, the first is I think you can look at what Arsenal did last season. I think Arsenal last season is a much better team than the Spurs team of this season. Um, but they ran out of gas at the end of the season, right? Like it's really hard to maintain this level of quality all season long, especially when you have city and, and it seems like Liverpool are going to be back up this year and maybe even Arsenal, if they can kind of kind of work through some of the kinks that they have right now. To try to sustain that high level of play for 38 matches when you really haven't had any sort of history of doing it within the squad itself or experience, I'll say. It, it, they don't have that experience, right? And a lot of these key players that are, are playing a lot of minutes for them, you know, Destiny Udogi is 20, um, uh, Pape Matesar is is 21, Mickey Van de Ven in, in the center, center half is 22. Um, it's a lot of young guys. Uh, Pedro Porro is a little bit older, 24, but it, that's those type of players are the ones where when, you know, shit hits the fan, like you're going to need that someone to kind of pull that, the squad together. Um, you know, Posteglu is, is still pretty new to the league. I mean, I, I don't doubt him as a manager, but you know, I don't necessarily think he's, he's quite has the, the, you know, ability right now to, to keep a young squad together long enough throughout the season to, to sustain this title charge. Um, so I, I think it, it's questionable. Um, the other reason why I don't really, think that they're going to sustain it is, is we all kind of identified their midfield as being the weak link for their team this season. And their midfield has been playing, I think, well above, you know, their punching weight. Um, they've gotten a lot out of Basuma so far this season, but if, if Basuma gets hurt or misses some, you know, extended time, I think he's actually going to be going to AFCON, right? Cause he, he's, uh, I forget which country he plays for, but I think he'll be gone at AFCON. Um, so he's going to miss a, a number of games. He plays for Mali. Um, so he's gonna miss a number of games in January, which is gonna hurt because now you're gonna be asking, you know, 21 year old Sar, you're gonna be asking um, uh, uh, Hoiberg to step in. Like it, it the quality drops off. Um, so I, I think it's a matter of of when, not if Tottenham starts to falter. I still think they'll finish 
you know, in the Champions League spots, especially I think England has a pretty good shot at getting five this season with the new rules. So I think that's the good news. Like that's probably their goal coming into the season to secure a Champions League spot. And I think they're certainly well on their way there. But um, as far as sustaining a title charge, I, I don't see it. I think they're probably out of the, the picture by end of January. Plus 110 right now to finish top four, by the way. Yeah, um, I, I think the advantage they have, I think, like you mentioned, is no Europe, Nick. And yep. I think that's why top four is, is well within play. And I, I think many Spurs fans would be over the moon with finishing yeah. top four after the way the offseason went, after the way last season went. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think you have to wait another five, six matches before you fully commit on Spurs to to really make a run to the title. If they keep playing well, though, and, and they look like a team that could maybe challenge um, and you think City's going to win the league, you know, they have the betting odds on DraftKings without Man City as the winner. You take Man City out of the equation, who's the next best team? Spurs is still plus 550 in that one. Um, so there's some value there if you think they could even finish second and challenge throughout the season. Arsenal plus 120, Liverpool plus 200. Oh. Um, that's a- assuming City wins. You know, that that's that little prop they have there. We, yeah. we toyed around with the without, uh, you know, who was it without City, City and Liverpool last year? And Liverpool last year, we yeah. toyed around with Newcastle and just missed out because uh, Arsenal performed better than we expected. But some things to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think the the hot take I'll make, um, the next hot take I'll make, I, I think the current top four are the top four at the end of the year. Not necessarily in this order, but I think disagree. these current four teams are the best teams right now. You think Villa or Brighton get in there? I think Newcastle. I think Newcastle get in there. Newcastle. Yeah. I think uh, I think yeah. I mean, Newcastle haven't looked good. They've also had the hardest schedule by far, and, and they have looked pretty good the last since they've gotten out of that schedule. They've actually looked pretty good. So um, they beat the, the the easier teams. They're being the easier teams. They beat PSG, right? In, yeah, in, in not Champions an accomplishment. League. Not not an accomplishment if you listen to this podcast. Yeah, but I mean, they they yeah they certainly struggled early on against the cities and the Liverpools. Like again, Liverpool's you know nicked two point or nicked a win off of them again this season. Um, wasn't exactly a, a you know trouncing by any means. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think they'll they'll find their groove and and they'll certainly you know get on with it. My it, let's do this. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my top five. I, I think I think the title comes down to City and Liverpool. I think it, it'll be the, between those two at the end. I think Arsenal will be a firm third um but i think they start to especially if um saka misses some time with injury which in saliba who supposedly played through an injury against city if those two guys miss some time i think they're going to struggle to keep up with with liverpool and 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 city i think newcastle sneak out fourth and i think tottenham finished fifth but that should still be enough for a champions league spot i mean hey listen we love newcastle team of the podcast i'm like i'm not rooting actively rooting against them i I just think they've been inconsistent they're definitely scoring a lot of goals um you know could their defense be better i think so let's see um same thing right where i'm trying to make a hot take eight games into the season you know give me another five if they win four out of the next five i'll buy them over tottenham because they did it last year they're proven it's a it's a core group that's improved over the past two years um, you know, if they win two out of the next five, I'm going to be as lukewarm as I currently am. Let's see. Let's All see right, who so Newcastle has been... for their next five. They got Crystal Palace. They got Wolverhampton, okay. Okay. Arsenal, Burnmouth, and Chelsea. So All right. I could four see out of five, out certainly, of certainly five. well within yeah. target. Within the row. If yeah. they pick up 10 points out of those five games, I think that's solid. 
I will yeah. buy Newcastle if they pick up 10 points in the next five. It's also Arsenal. They get Arsenal at home too. So that's a, that November 4th. Let's pencil that in. That's going to be a, a big match that we feature on the podcast. All right. I like it. All right. If we go to the other end of the table, if we look at the relegation battle right now, uh, last place, Sheffield United, just one point. Burnmouth, three points. Burnley and Lutton Town, four points. Everton, seven. Brentford, seven. Uh, Wolves, eight, if we make our way up a little bit on the table. So if we look at the odds for relegation at this point, um, to be relegated, Sheffield United, minus 650. Lutton Town, minus 500. Uh, the books are all but relegating them at this point. Yep. Bournemouth, plus 160. Burnley, plus 175. Everton, plus 300. And Wolves, plus 450. Okay. Any chance that you see Sheffield or Lutton Town surviving? Because to survive would be plus 225 on Lutton, plus 350 for Sheffield. No, Sheffield, I, no. absolutely not. I'm sorry, Scotty. I, you're, you'll go a little more in-depth yeah. than I will, so let me just get it out. I think Sheffield is worse than I thought they'd be uh, because I, I I thought Lutton Town would be the worst team, and somehow they have a win uh, out of their first eight games. So kudos to them. Sheffield, no wins. Burnmouth, no wins. Um Man, uh, I don't know. I, Sheffield has a negative 16 goal differential, so they're giving up two more goals a game than they are scoring thus far. Yeah, uh, you got to feel really happy if you're Everton fan at this point in time. Um, it's not to say that they're safe, but seven points feel like a six point gap feels almost insurmountable with that last place team. So good on them. Um, no, no, coach. To answer your question, I think it's those two teams, and I would probably take a shot. With Bournemouth, I, I think at the better odds to get relegated if I was picking a third team. Yeah, I think I think the good news for Everton right now is that the, the newly promoted clubs have not looked like they're Premier League ready yet. Yeah, um, yeah. Sheffield and 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 Luton, you know, Luton have actually beat Everton. That's their one win. So yeah. go figure. But they promptly follow that up with with you know, back-to-back losses to uh, Tottenham and to Burnley, which actually really stings because that's the uh, one of their fellow promoted clubs uh, yeah, as well. So line. that one's tough. Uh, I think the real question comes down to, you know, can one of these newly promoted clubs stay up? Uh, I think if there is one right now that has the best chance, uh, it's, it's probably Burnley. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think we all had a lot higher expectations for Burnley coming into the season. Then we've kind of had to readjust them. Um, you know, whereas Luton town has beat Everton two one to get their one win. Burnley Burnley has beaten Luton town two to one to get their one win. So it's, you can't really make too much out of that. Um, but I think, you know, it would be a great story if Luton town stay up. I think that'd be great. I, I just, it seems more likely that it's, it's going to probably be um, Luton and, and Sheffield for sure going down. And then can Burnley, Pip Burnmouth to, to escape and the way that Burnmouth has been playing. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I obviously had them against Everton this weekend and they got absolutely smacked by Everton, um, yeah, destroyed. Um, yeah. and then they got destroyed by Still Arsenal winless. the week before that too. Um, so it's not only that they, they aren't really getting points. It's that they're not even being competitive in the process. Yeah. Also the lowest scoring attack in the league, which is five goals scored less Ooh. than Sheffield and line both have scored six. Brutal. Um, no wins. The, all three points are from draws, so certainly something to keep an eye on. One of the worst defenses, so they're they're where they are for a reason. Uh, I don't think there's enough value on either team to put a future on no. plus one fifty or plus no. one seventy five. It's not worth tying up money on. I agree. Um, but I, I think it comes down to one of those two as the third team, Lutton Town. Right now, not technically in the relegation zone, but I, I think yeah. they fall back into Definitely. it. I um, think um, 
Wolves is maybe the best two-win team I've ever seen. I think Wolves, like, they feel like they should be higher. I feel like they've played yeah. better games than some of the results that they've gotten so far. And they've gotten good results. But I, I think uh, they they passed the eye test, I think, more than the teams around them. And I know, I know we didn't go this high up the table, but, like, Fulham and Nottingham Forest, to me, are, are two kind of disappointments after the good years they've had last year. Yeah, you have, you have to remember Mitrovic left, right? He was sure. a big part of their success. You, you look at Brentford, they're also in 15th, kind of like in the relegation conversation, even though they probably don't fall that deep into it. Yeah. No, Ivan Tony's been killing them, right? Yeah. They have one win, four draws in, in eight. So you got to, one player sometimes makes a big difference on those kind of clubs, especially the goal scorer. Speaking of goal scorers, let's look at the futures before we wrap up the Premier League with goal score. Right now, Erling Holland leads the league with eight goals scored. Alexander Isak and Sun, uh, Sun from Spurs, both with six. Uh, and then you have a couple players with five, Salah, Bowen, and Huang from Wolves. So thinking about that, these are the futures on the goal, top goal scorer with the Golden Boot, the Premier League. Holland is still a big favorite at minus 450. Uh, Huangmin Sun, plus 1,200. Salah, plus 1,200. Ali Watkins, plus 2,000. Boy. And Isak, plus 2,500, rounded out the top five. Big numbers on some of those other guys. Can any of them nip Holland for the Golden Boot and really win you a nice future? So this is, uh, you know, we talk kind of about this, right? You, of course, it doesn't make sense to take a minus four fifty favorite. You like, but it, it's it's one of those bets where anything could happen, right? Could he get hurt? Not wishing for him to get hurt. Could he get hurt? Um, he's looked a little stale the last two or three games. Does Alvarez start picking up the slack? Um, you know, things that could be factors. The one guy that's really surprising me on this list is uh, Salah, just because his goal scoring hasn't stopped. I, I figured he was going to turn a little bit more of a provider considering the depth that Liverpool have up front. And he has done that. I feel like he has an assist in every match as well, but he's also scoring in every match. So kudos to him. Uh, he looks great. The only reason I, I would not say to take him is uh, the biggest reason we talk about all the time. It's AFCON. I, I think that's going to be a huge drain on him. Obviously, we'll miss time. I wouldn't mind somebody taking a shot with Ali Watkins or Alexander Isak. Uh, I don't think they're likely to win, but good numbers as you'll find on on guys that are off to a really good start. Yeah, and I think the good, not the good news, I mean, if you want to bet against Holland, the the optimistic outlook here is he has two goals in his last four Premier League appearances um, showing that without... that's bad, right? Like, I mean, it is. I mean, he's slowed down, it. right? Like it's, it's, it's certainly not the, you know, the, the format we're used to where he has two hat tricks in his last four Premier League games. Right. right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on Salah. I don't know this. I don't know that he's necessarily the play here, especially with AFCON. He really has tried to shift more into distributor role, but you know, in the past few games, he's had to kind of take on the goal scoring uh, load as, as a lot of the, Liverpool players keep picking up red cards at inopportune times. Um, I think the players that maybe make the most sense for me, I love at Isak on this one. Um, he's clearly won the starting you know position for Newcastle over Callum Wilson. Um, I've been high on him since he's come over to Newcastle. I think he's kind of having, I don't want to call it like a breakout season, but he's certainly kind of showing why um, Newcastle spent the money that they did on him. Um, so him at plus 2,500 being just two behind Holland right now, knowing that KDB is, Still far off for the distance, um, which is really what I think Holland's goal scoring will pick up once he comes back. Um, I don't love Son just because he's 31 years old. No. And he's trying to carry the load for, for Spurs now. Something's going to have to break there. The other one that I like, 
a little bit of homerism here is Darwin Nunez. For the same reason we don't like Salah, I kind of like Nunez. Yeah. You know, Salah's going to step out for a month. Who's going to fill that void? Um, the one drawback on Nunez right now has been that uh, he, he's been kind of splitting the starts with with Gakbo. Um, I'm hoping, as a Liverpool fan, that following this break, assuming he's healthy, well, Gakpo's a little bit hurt right now, but assuming Nunez is healthy, he's going to kind of own that starting, you know, nine position moving forward. And with this Liverpool team right now, they're very, you know, strong in attack. They're scoring goals even when they're down to 10, nine men. I think he has every every possibility of, of kind of putting together a run here where he might put up you know, 25 plus goals this season. Um, and obviously the number you're going to need to, to outscore Holland is probably somewhere in the thirties. So um, looking at this list, who are the guys that can get at least 25 to me, it's Nunez and Isak. And, and, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I definitely think Isak could be worth a shot. He's only two behind. He's, he's Newcastle's, you know, out and out striker. And like you said, um, son, yeah, he's not an out and out striker. The age could catch up with him. It's still Holland's to lose, but like you said, if there's ever a time to take a shot, it seems like with KDB out, not supplying the balls into to him till close to Christmas, like Scott said, could pull down that number a bit. We'll see. Um, it's one of those ones where you could put a little bit on it and it could it could reward you in a big way if, if there is someone that you do like. One quick thing, Coach, I want to I want to do a spot check on um, for because we did put some props out there, player props. Uh, I know Scotty put a few out in writing. I, I put a few out on. Uh, I was actually on with uh, Andrew plus Money Pod. So, Saka over eleven and a half goals. How are we feeling about that bet right now? Well, it depends on his injury. Um, I know he's he's injured right now. Kind of unclear what the scope of that injury is, but certainly been playing well. Um, I think. Let's see, where was he on that list? He w- he has like four or five so far this season. Yeah. Um, so certainly like halfway there with basically twenty. Some odd matches left to go. Twenty-eight matches left to go. Did I do that math right? Yeah, I think feeling right. pretty good about it. We're feeling good. Saka over eleven and a half goals. How are we feel? Just did Saka. Yeah, just did, did Saka. I say Saka. I'm sorry, yeah. I meant Wilson. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. looking at both of them right at one after yes. the other. I'm so sorry. Wilson, Alan Wilson. I'm so feel sorry. great about. Um, yeah, I mean, Isaka has kind of you know taken over the starting position, but even in his sub appearances, Wilson's already netted five times this season. So halfway there, also halfway there with. 20 no i guess 30 games 38 matches yeah 30 games to go so um as long as he can stay healthy i think that one's pretty easy as well okay and then one that i took we didn't put in writing but uh uh, andrew at the plus money pod actually gave it out i like screamed support for it immediately and i think we all kind of hopped on board luis diaz over seven and a half goals yes he should (laughs) He's already gotten like two taken away from him by like yes, VAR. So that's the problem. Let's, let's keep he that started out the season as Liverpool's like best player. Um, now it's kind of probably gone over to Solva Slide, but uh, he should. The, the thing that makes me nervous is he's been benefiting from Salah's assists more than pretty much anybody. So when Salah goes to AFCON and if he comes back and is tired, the second half of the season could be hard for Diaz. Okay. But if All he right. can pick All up right. another two goals before. Christmas break, I would say you're you're looking pretty good. All right. All right. So let's swing it over to Italy now. Serie A table right now. Milan first on 21 points. Inter second on 19. Juve and Fiorentina 17. Napoli 14. Atalanta 13 and 6th. 
We have to go all the way down to 10th for my Roma on 11 points and all the way down to 13th for Nick's Lazio on 10 points. Those are the the big, I guess, eight you could call them at this point because Atalanta has joined the seven sisters in recent seasons. So with that in mind, uh, Serie A winner right now to win the league outright. Inter Milan plus 130, AC Milan plus 225, Juve plus 450, Napoli plus 700. Everyone else is in the more than 2,800 where Atalanta sits fifth. So... Nick, I'll, I'll go to you. You're our Serie A guy. What do you see the league right now? Do you see, first of all, anyone besides the two Milan clubs with a shot at winning the league? And and what's a, has anything stood out to you in the, in the way the table's broken down so far? Um, no, nothing has, quite honestly. I think if you listen to us, uh, any of our preview stuff, any of the first seven weeks of the year, um, these these two teams are the best two teams right now. They're head and shoulders above the rest of the league. There's that's evident in the standings. That's evident in game in and game out. So not surprising. Juve, I, I think we all said, um, you know, similar to Tottenham, right? They they only have one game a week. They're going to be potentially the most motivated team of any team, right? They had legal issues. They have player issues. They fan issues, issues all all around. So um, knew that they were gambling issues. Of, gambling issues. We have those too. <laughs> Um, so knew they'd kind of be in the mix. So top three to me, um, and Napoli's right there, right? Napoli's had a very, very poor start, only four wins in eight games um, as a title defender, but they're still one win off of top four. So none of that to me is surprising. Um, I, I think Roma and Lazio, you and I probably realistically said they're fighting for fifth place. Well, that's that's true today, right? The best they could possibly hope to do is Top six, top five, top six. I think that's the other teams. I I, I think top four still in play because nobody outside of those top three has really shown me that they are that consistent yet. Maybe for you. I don't think it is for Lazio. Um, I mean, I'm being selfish, I guess, in my analysis. But um, no, I I think we feel pretty good. We gave out or um, my pick preseason pick was uh, Milan to win the league. That was actually a plus 550. It was all the way down to plus 400 right at the first game of the year. So seeing them undefeated through eight games certainly feels good. I think that, you know, their new attacking players have gelled as good as anybody could have possibly hoped for. I think if um, Giroud can turn back the clock one more time and have one decent stretch this season, they have the potential to put some distance between them and everybody else. Inter... um, you know, great squad, but they also have Champions League aspirations. Whether that's realistic anymore or not, you know, that that's another debate. But I think um, Inter believes they could win three titles this year. So how much heart are they going to have in the league? What's most important to them? That, that to me, could be the, the difference. Correction, Milan do have a loss this year, Nick. They lost to Inter. They do. To Inter. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> a very Seven, important um, loss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do think Inter's still the best team on paper. I, I think, like you said, depends on how far these teams go in Europe. I, I think that'll affect them a lot. Um, Milan's been a little disappointing with their two draws, which puts their... We, we picked them as a group winner future because the oh. odds are so so nice on them, and they've kind of disappointed because they haven't scored goals. It's been two zero zeros. Um, but I think that will start to clear itself up as we move deeper into Champions League. Um Juve, I think, like you said, is motivated. Are, are they as good as these clubs? Not from what I've seen so far, but they don't have that European commitment where if these two teams do make, say, the quarterfinals of Champions League and, and make runs in Coppa Italia, 
can Juve capitalize on that? Possibly. Um, but at the moment, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, if we move to top four, pretty much right now, the books have their top four almost locked in. It's Inter minus 1,100, AC Milan minus 700, Juve minus 350, Napoli minus 225, um, and then some of the other clubs with a chance. Uh, Adelanta plus 200, Fiorentina plus 275, Roma plus 400, Lazio plus 500. I don't buy that Napoli's locked into top four so firmly right now. I think a lot depends on their manager situation. I know the rumors are swirling that Antonio Conte could be intrigued by the job. And if he's willing to accept that Rudy Garcia will be showing the door during his international break. How much do you think Conte changes what Napoli can do this year? Um. I don't think Scott or I are nearly as high on him as you are uh, or ever have been. I think in my mind, you know, listen, he did great with a stacked Juve side. He overachieved with Italy outside of that. He hasn't done much. Um, I, I think he's underachieved probably every other position. I don't know how much he wants this Napoli side. They're a little bit weaker than they were last year. Um, they're a little bit more figured out than they were last year. We have OC men who will be taking a month off. I hate to keep knocking on the AFCON door, but when literally the best striker in the league is going to miss a month of games, that's a big issue. Uh, Kavara, you know, he's looked okay, but his numbers are nowhere near where they were last year at this point in the season. So I don't really see the upside. They're not going to splash a the, ton of the money. The squad's in. not built for him. That, right. that, I think that's the issue. He the, plays a very specific system with the back three, and I don't think they're built for that. Definitely not. Um, you, you trust in Juan Jesus in, in your back line, right? Something goes wrong. He's the next guy that has to step up. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I did Leo Messi in the Champions League, remember? Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, I don't no, see why he no. goes there. I, I think he only goes to a team that can spend money and deliver exactly the players that he wants so that he could then complain about it two years later and leave. And Napoli doesn't really spend, right? Even Osimhen, yeah. they had to... That's even under like scrutiny that maybe those player valuations were a little inflated on some of the youth team players that were sent to Lille in that deal. Um, I don't see De, De Laurentiis spending for what he's going to want. Maybe he can convince him like this season, this is the squad. Next year we'll spend for you, but how much can they spend? Especially if they don't finish top four. That that's the whole thing, I think. Yeah, I and mean, we saw it they got to make some they sort spend, of run in the right, Champions Scotty? League to like, get that money. Yeah. Yeah, if you're talking like long term, when you said Conte for for Napoli, like I could see it maybe working out this season, but that that's not a good match long term at all. Um, it, like you you kind of talked or mentioned Spurs there for a second, coach, and well, I think Napoli and Spurs are a little bit different in that regard. Um, it 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 could certainly it still wouldn't be the right you know setup for for what Conte usually succeeds with. So I, I could see this if that goes down being a big issue for, for Napoli. Yeah. So looking at the, you know, the race for the top four, if, if we don't buy Napoli with Garcia or possibly with Conte, do you think Adelanta plus 200, Fiorentina 275, Roma 400, Lazio 500 it is worth a crack? Not really. Um, I no, uh, there's nothing I like there. Not, nothing that I would advise betting. Yeah, if you're trying to take those two, I think you missed the boat on them because at the beginning of the season, I don't know if we have that, but I'm sure they were much no, more. No, I valuable. can tell you that, actually at least Fiorentina for top four. Um, yeah, maybe for them, I could tell you. So top four, Roma was plus one twenty five, Lazio was plus one fifty, Atalanta was plus two hundred, Fiorentina was plus six hundred. So that's yeah. the team you missed the boat on. Yeah, but I don't think they keep it up. I, I think uh, 
they yeah. have goal scoring issues. And if it like lately, if Nico Gonzalez isn't, you know, carrying the team on his back, they don't seem to find the net. Yeah. Agreed there. The only thing that would make sense. And I don't want to give coach any hope here would be Roma. Cause they do seem yep. to be playing really well now with, and then Lukaku but, actually seems to be not terrible. Say, yeah. So coach, do you if want you to th- remind if you the take listeners? out the first three matches before Lukaku? I, I think you see a big difference in the way the squad's performing. Do, do you um, want to still, still a lot of ground to make up. Do you want to remind the listeners uh, who you picked to finish top four uh, as your preview pick? Uh, I had to be Inter, uh, Juve. Who, who was that fourth team? Napoli and Roma. No, I so have it here in hope. writing. I have it here in writing. Lazio plus 175. Did I? No. Damn, coach. Sure did. Wow. Sure did. Damn. Wow. Damn. I must have been pulling the reverse jakes on Lazio yeah. so that Roma finished fourth. In fairness, I gave out Atalanta, and that's looking okay. All right, so if we go to the flip side, the bottom half of the table, um, right now, relegation battle. Calady on two points, no win so far. Bottom of the table. Salernitana, three points, no win so far. Empoli, four points. Uh, Udinese, five points. Verona, five. Gen- uh, sorry, Verona, eight. And Genoa, eight. Uh, if we go from 15, you know, up to yeah. 15th place. If we look at those to be relegated numbers right now, Cality minus 200, Salernitana minus 120, Empoli minus 110, Verona plus 200, Frozenone plus 225, Udinese plus 250, and Genoa plus 500. Uh, shout out to Lecce. They're plus 700 now. They, they performed really well. Um, they were one of the teams really a lot of people pegged for relegation. And Frozenone as well. They're on 12 points right now. I have the numbers um, for you. Yeah. Them and Lecce both on 12. So kudos to those two squads. So Frosinone was minus two fifty to get relegated. That the heavy, heavy favorite. Lecce. I thought they would be the worst team in the league. Lecce minus one twenty five, and uh, beating boys of the pod Hellas Verona even money. Genoa plus one thirty five. So those were the four favorites to get relegated for the season. Do you have the Empoli off. number in front of you? Because I think we both pegged Empoli plus two twenty five. Yeah. So that that if it was taken before the season is looking pretty good now. Yeah, and they um. They didn't have a goal through the first six games. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think that that stands, right? That they're the um, the Sheffield United, maybe, of the Serie A right now. So, looking at those teams that are the three betting favorites to be relegated, Caledi, Salernitana, and Empoli, do you think any of those three survive, or do you think they're, uh, they're in big danger right now? Um, No, I, I think... We're looking. We're looking at the three worst teams in the in the three worst spots. I, I mean, I think that has to be true at this point in time. Udinese, you know, they only have five points. They're actually winless, uh, so they're oh five and three. Yeah, but a lot of that, draws there. That's really not a surprise to any of us. I, I think eventually they'll figure it out. There, I don't want to yeah, say they're they, too they big do. to go down, but like they've they've done this long enough. They'll fire the coach in two or three weeks, and you know they'll get that bounce. They'll start getting some goals. So. Um, you know, you got to feel pretty good if you're Genoa. You got to feel pretty good if you're Lecce. I, I think Hellas and Udinese are still candidates to to maybe go down. Yeah, I think Hellas or Udinese could get dragged into it. Uh, Genoa's performed too well, I think, against some good teams. You know, they they've beaten Roma and Lazio so far. Those kind of wins carry a lot of weight as the season as the, se- <laughs> the season goes on. I, and and Lecce and Frozen, the fact they're on twelve points already, it gives yeah. them a pretty decent cushion. I, I mean, think that that's a. It's already a an eight point cushion from eighteenth yeah. place. That that's almost insurmountable, yeah. like for these relegation teams. 
All right, so let's take it over to the Golden Boot race in Italy. Right now, Lautaro Martinez is way in the lead with 10 goals. Osimhen, 6 goals. Berardi, 5. Nico Gonzalez of Fiorentina, 5. And Romelu Lukaku, 5. Um, you know, Mart- Martinez was highlighted by that 4-goal performance he put on just a couple weeks ago off the bench. He is the betting favorite at plus 110, followed by Osimhen at plus 240. Lukaku at plus 1,000. Vlaovic, plus 1,100. Berardi, plus 1,100. Giroud sneaks in there, plus 1,600. Paulo Dybala and Chiro Immobile, plus 2,500. Um, and I'll, I'll give a couple more just because our American listeners. Pulsic, plus 2,800. And Leal, plus 2,800. So um, I guess I'll throw these guys in here, too, because we, we talked about them as dark horses preseason. Matteo Rotegi, plus 3,500. John Lucas Kamaka, plus 5,000 still. So is it Lotaro's? Is there a chance somebody t- overtakes him? What, what, do you, what do you see there? Yeah, feeling good about these futures. Uh, Lotaro was the guy that I said would should win this award. He's plus two hundred before the season started, so um, these odds have you know moved in your favor if you took him early on. Um, but now is a good chance if if you did do that, you know, if you want to take Osimhen and you think one of those two guys gets it done, you know, good chance to make I, some money. I see. Well, I wouldn't take Osimhen because of Afcon though. No, and that's the reason we said not to take him at the beginning of the year. I'm not I still don't think he'll win, but I think he's still the second most likely to get it done after the rest of those names. I mean, maybe 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 you take a stab at Lukaku because he's been so hot, but um, you know, the the ones we highlighted, Lotaro, Berardi, uh Flahovic has been hurt, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. I, I think those are the three guys you could realistically take a stab with, but OC minute plus two forty. I mean, that, that's that's probably as good as you'll see it the rest of the year. Like yeah, I, think I think he's going if, on a tear before Afcon. I honestly do. I think if you took Martinez and and you're in good position to cash that, and you want to take like a backup, a smaller bet with a higher number, I think Lukaku's the one just because he has literally scored almost every match so far. Not not saying he's going to continue to do that, but he looks like inter prime form Lukaku from a couple of years ago. That just manhandling some of these smaller side defenses. Um, I think Osiman, when he goes away, that's going to take some wind out of his sails. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he does go on a tear before that. But it also depends what happens with Rudy Garcia, because that relationship is is really bad right now, it seems. You know, pulling him in games where they need a goal, and you would have never seen Spalletti do that last season. You, you don't generally take off your star striker when you're down a goal, or even in, in you know, a, a draw situation where you're trying to get a winner. Um, so... Interesting situation there in Napoli. Um, I remember I, I said Scamacca was my dark horse. He's been non-existent. Um, I know you talked about Vertegui as being a dark horse. He's he's been all right, but he's not putting up the numbers you need. I think to to win the no, award. No, I thought he'd have more goals just because I thought he'd be the guy. But um, Gudmundsson playing next to him has been equally good. I think Vertegui has yeah. been awesome. If he was on a different team, he could make a bid for this. But it's out of the cards now. He needed to go on like a five goal in his first, you know, like 10 game binge. And that hasn't happened. Yeah. Scotty, what do you think? Who are you taking a, sh- a stab with here? Gun to your head. I think the, the crazy thing we're talking about Lautaro with, with 10 goals, having a four goal lead over Osiman, who's going to be on at AFCON, but he's still plus money compared to Holland at minus four fifty yeah. with just a yes. two goal advantage. Yeah. That, that number surprised me. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's Lautaro. I think the way that he's playing with Thurum has been, you know, night yeah. and day from what he's had the past few seasons with, you know, yes. Checo's, you know, zombie well, body. So yeah, he's definitely got to be the 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 easy pick. Um, 
I know if you're, you guys are saying if you picked him at plus 200, maybe back him with you know, a long shot, but I don't think you need to do that. Plus 200 is, it's not nothing, but it's not quite enough where you can start to hedge, in my opinion. Um, yeah, not yet. So I, I think if you got him at plus 200, like, you know, take that slip, lock it up and, and come back to it in April, because I think you're going to, you're going to have a winner there. Cool. Yeah. It'll be hard for anybody to catch him at, at, at the way he's scoring goals, the clip he's going at. For sure. All right. Anything else you guys want to throw in before we wrap this one up? All right. So yeah. next week, club football comes back. We will have all of our regular coverage. Um, not sure what the big matches are post international break. Oh, Milan Juve jumps right out the counter. So we'll definitely be covering that one in Serie A. Um, any big Premier League Chelsea, matches? Arsenal's well, because- in, Chelsea, Arsenal's in and Liverpool, Arsenal, Everton. Even though it's not a big match, it's still it's a big derby. Enough. So, so there'll be plenty for us to talk about. Plenty of winners to give out. We're going to try to back up that seven-two-one week with another plus money week. Back-to-back um, seven-one out- weeks, sir. Yeah, steady out props. Nick, what did we do last week with steady out props on oh, Patreon? Oh man, we crushed. Hold on, I, I just shut the document. Give I think me it was one five second. and two. Big, yes, it was, it was. It was a big number. Uh, we lost uh, Milan over and both teams to score because Lazio's goal was offside that that uh or no it's a couple weeks back i'm sorry um, no who did, who it, did it was milan? uh milan team total and milan general over. that was it those two. i knew it was milan that screwed us actually two weeks in a row um that they that they smacked us around last week you nailed it brother six and two six and two yes sir we were up quite a few units yep. because I know Orsolini cashed it over plus 400. So, plus 450. Uh, keep an eye on Patreon. Scotty's got the, the Premier League props. Nick and I get the Serie A props up there exclusive for our patrons. Plenty of other content. Uh, Champions League stuff will be coming back around very soon. We thank you for listening. If you haven't caught us yet on YouTube, if you're listening on your favorite pod platform, we are also on YouTube. And, you know, check out Patreon. Everything is Kicks Picks Pod. We're also doing some work on Happy Hour Sports.net now, some extra rating content. So you can check that out there as well. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.